1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 6. In a few moments, we're going to take the Lord's Supper as a church family here tonight. But before we do, I feel a mandate from the Holy Ghost to share with you what is on my heart here this evening. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 6. For glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. The ESV says it like this, cleanse out the old leaven. Cleanse out the old leaven. And tonight I just want to preach for a few moments here from this thought. Cleanse out the old leaven. Cleanse out the old leaven. Would you lift your hands and let's pray and ask God to speak to us from his word here tonight. Come on. Could we give him praise and honor here tonight? God, we want you to speak to us from your word, oh God. I pray you'd anoint the ears of every person in this house. They may hear your word tonight. Help us, Lord, to do our part. Oh, God, in your name we pray. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Back during 2020, there was a bread baking craze. In fact, The Economist published an article in August of 2020 entitled, Why Sourdough Went Viral. The author said that wild yeast has become domesticated during the pandemic. Social media was flooded with people making bread. In fact, I know quite a few people in this church, including my wife, that started making bread during that time. And in order to make bread, you have to have leaven or yeast. It's the only way the bread will rise to its fullness. Leaven is a fermentation agent. It is the remnant of dough from the preceding baking which had fermented and become acidic. And throughout the Bible, we read about both leavened and unleavened bread. The use of leaven was strictly forbidden in all offerings made to the Lord by fire. In Leviticus 2 and 11, 7, 12, 8, 2, and Numbers 6 and 15. 
Unleavened bread is associated especially with the Passover or as it became known, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. I've often wondered why God commanded Moses to instruct the people to uh, bake bread that was unleavened. And its primary reason was the Hebrews were to be hasty in leaving Egypt. And because they're exiting Egypt so quickly, they were not able to allow that fermentation process to transpire. And so, therefore, God instructed those first uh, Passover participants to celebrate the Passover with their, their feet shod with shoes, their cloak on their back, their staff in their hand. And that was the way that they were to celebrate this Passover and thus remember it. And throughout uh, the New Testament even, we see this remembrance of the Passover. In Mark chapter 14, we see how the Passover was celebrated and was uh, in that process used with unleavened bread. Even to this day, uh, in the Jewish community, Passover is celebrated with unleavened bread. But in the New Testament, there are two meanings of leaven. In Jesus' parable of the unleavened, of the leaven, he says, leaven transforms dough. So as God's rule transforms life, Matthew chapter 13, he told them another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Leaven is used to show the expansive and permeating nature of the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus also uses leaven to illustrate the rotten and crooked spirits of the religious elite whose teachings were corrupt. In Matthew chapter 16, verse number 6, Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Again, Jesus says in Mark chapter 8, verse 15, and he charged them saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. I want you to say that with me right now. Would you say, Beware of the leaven? Come on, let's say it one more time. Beware of the leaven. Now Jesus was warning those following him to be wary, to be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees or the corrupt religiosity of man. And he was also uh, commanding the people to be aware of the corruptness of worldly systems and worldly culture. In one verse of scripture, Jesus 
tells the people and he is telling us tonight on this first Sunday of 2023, beware of the corruptness of religion and beware of the corruptness of worldliness. Both of those things are deadly to the Christian's life. I, I wanna just inform you tonight that we're not a religion. We're not a denomination among denominations. We're not a religion among religions. No, 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 we have our origin back in the book of Acts chapter two on the day of Pentecost. Something took place. There was a, there was a wind blowing in that place, a fire that set down on each one of those 120 and they all were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues. Brothers and sisters, beware of religiosity. Beware of some hierarchical structure that tries to mandate and issue forth decrees based on human ideas and thoughts and, and human code. Beware, you better hold fast to the word of God. Hey, I don't care how eloquent the preacher may preach. I don't care how thoughtful or intellectual the theologian may be. The most important thing for this church is to follow the word of God. The word of God. The word of God. The word of God. Beware. I wish somebody would say beware. Beware, beware of the religiosity of man. Hey, I don't care, they may have a good quote, they may have a good meme, but you better beware. They may have a charming personality, they may awe you with their words, they may wow you with their illustrations, but beware. And just as equally as we should beware of religion, of religion, we should also beware of Herod's culture. You see, Herod had adapted. He had Jewish roots. There was Jewishness in his lineage, but he had adapted to the Hellenistic culture of the times. He had become... He had become a Hellenistic king and had adopted all the cultures that were pervasive in the world of that day. And Jesus was telling us here tonight to beware of the worldly culture in which we live. Brothers and sisters, this world is not our home. Don't you get comfortable in this Oh, God help me tonight. I feel a rabbit, tra a rabbit trail chasing spirit right now, but I want to tell you there is no political person that will ever fix our problems. I don't care who occupies the White House or who's in majority in the Congress. 
it will never fix the problems that we are experiencing. And if you have placed your hope and confidence in political parties and leaders, you have your confidence in the wrong thing. Put your confidence in Jesus. Well, I think everybody clap on that. Surely. Cleanse out the leaven. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, cleanse out the leaven. Cleanse out the leaven. Hey, I don't, wanna, I don't want Pentecost to become religion. What I mean by that is I don't want it to become this theological mechanism that it's like we're puppets on strings and we just do certain things when we're pulled on to do. Hey, it better come. It better issue out of the heart. Your worship to God can't be anything but from your heart. And at the same time, oh God, help us not to become uh, inundated and and permeated and uh, submerged in the culture of our world. Oh God, help us. Let me tell you something, woke culture has no business in the church. If the word of God offends, it offends. But God will help you get over the offense. Help us, Holy Ghost. Help us, Holy Ghost. I want you right now to pray that God would give the pulpit the backbone to preach what it needs to preach in the face of woke culture. Come on, lift your hands up and pray it right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Give the ministry backbone to preach it. Hallelujah. Our our biblical position on women dressing as women and men dressing as men looks so important so bright and so good in the face of all the gender fluidity that we see in our world and, and all of the garbage that, that our, our educational system is trying to stuff down the throats of our young people. I'm telling you, what we believe and what we receive from the Word of God is right, it is good, and it will help you make it all the way to heaven. Say beware. Come on, say beware. Beware. Say up the leaven. The Apostle Paul also uses leaven to show us how sin corrupts and spreads. Our text tonight is 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Your glorying is not good, Paul says. Your boasting isn't good. There's a problem in the church, Corinth. There's an incestuous man in the church and your boasting and glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven 
that ye may be a new lump. Everybody say new lump. As ye are unleavened. Notice how he puts that. Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast not with old leaven neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. By means of this rhetorical device, do you not know that? Paul attempts to show them the absurdity of their headiness when they are in such imminent danger of being spoiled by fermentation. What they should know in this case comes in the form of a proverb that Paul wrote to the Galatians in Galatians 5.9, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And so during the Passover feast, we read and I'd said already that they would bake only unleavened bread. Leaven in Paul's writings is a type of sin. And thus in the New Testament, leaven becomes that symbol of the process by which an evil spreads insidiously in a community until the entire community has been affected by it. And so it was in Corinth. Their problem was that they were not taking this matter seriously. They were not taking sin in the church seriously. Either the evil itself or their danger of being thoroughly contaminated by it. The mention of leaven in verse 6 naturally suggests imagery from Paul's own background as a law-abiding Jew. And he is speaking about two rituals, a part of the Passover celebration. He begins with this direct allusion to the ceremonial removal of all leaven from their homes. This is found in Exodus chapter 12, verse 15, which in turn prompts an allusion to the most important event of all, the sacrifice of the Paschal Lamb in Exodus 12 and 6. You see, the purpose of this removal of the leaven reflects the process of starting over with a new batch of unleavened dough. And it is applied directly to the corporate life of the community. Tonight is the first night of this new year. I've said it already several times, but I say it again. We're at the very beginning of a year. It's the first night of this brand new year. And tonight's the night to start over. Tonight's the night to cleanse out all the leaven. Tonight's the night to take inventory of your spiritual walk with God. Tonight's the night to take inventory of your physical home and person. Tonight's the night to begin to reflect on what all you have acquired in your life and 
and the leaven maybe that has, that has oozed its way into your life. It's time for us to think about the leaven. As always in Paul's writings, the imperative cleanse out the old leaven, even though it must be obeyed, cannot be turned into a piece of legal material. That's Paul's background, the legality of, of, uh, of the law and and all of the trappings that are found there. And so Paul doesn't want to get stuck in the legality of all of this. He wants us to understand that it's about obedience. And that brings about the favor of God. And right at the point where the imperative sounds as if it comes first, get rid of the old so that you may be new. He reminds all of us that what they must become is what they already are by the grace of God. See, that's the beauty of those that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. That's the beauty of those that have repented of their sins and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You already are what you should become. Become what you are is the basic premise for Paul's teachings throughout the New Testament. Become what you are. God made you a new creature. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. That doesn't mean you don't struggle. That doesn't mean that you're not in the flesh. That doesn't mean that your environment and the temptations surrounding you don't impact you and influence you. But what it does mean is you have an innate power from God to overcome every temptation, to overcome every obstacle. You have the power to become what you already are. Still keeping the imagery of the Passover by shifting over to the second ritual, Paul proceeds to explain how they became, if you will, God's new loaf of bread in Corinth. For indeed, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed, even Christ. Understand tonight that the slaying of the land of the Lamb is what led to the Jews being unleavened. So too with us here in this room and those to whom Paul wrote, Paul says that that Lamb, that spotless Lamb, that innocent Lamb, that Paschal lamb that was sacrificed is what makes us able to be unleavened, to be free from the leaven. It's the lamb's blood that was shed that makes us able to become men and women of God, sons and daughters of God. Our lamb has been sacrificed and through his death we have received forgiveness of sins from the past and freedom. Oh, I love this part. Freedom for new life in Jesus Christ. (laughs) 
we have the freedom for new life. What makes us God's new people is the sacrifice of that Passover lamb. Christ himself. And still keeping with this imagery in our text tonight, he talks about this feast and he says, let us keep the festival. Paul broadens this application of the death of Christ to Christian life as a whole. In the same way, on the basis of the crucifixion of Christ, God's people are to keep the ongoing feast of the celebration of God's forgiveness of our sins by holy living. That is the reason we live a holy life. That's the reason we do our best through the Holy Ghost to live an unencumbered life, a life that is free from sin and free from condemnation and free from the trappings of the world. Why do we do it? Because in our living holy, we are celebrating the Passover lamb. When you live holy, when you think holy, when you dress holy, when you talk holy, you are living out that Passover lamb of Jesus Christ. This further reference to celebrating the feast also includes what we're going to do tonight. It also references that taking or partaking of the supper, of the, of the table of the Lord. It's not just some age-old tradition that we do. In fact, there are some that that think that it's been spiritualized and it's unnecessary uh, to do what we're about to do. But remember, Paul gave strict instructions. And if, if it was unnecessary, he would have never given instructions for how to partake of the Lord's Supper. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, just a few chapters later in his first letter to the church. Musicians, you can begin playing. He said, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it. And he said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup and when he had supped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you Ye do show the Lord's death till He comes. Did you know that when you take that cup tonight and you, you eat the bread and you drink the juice of the vine, you are remembering that Jesus is soon to return. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup 
of the Lord unworthily or with leaven in their heart shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But Paul has a remedy for the leaven. He says, but let a man examine himself. Not your neighbor, not your spouse, not your brother, not your sister, himself. Everybody say himself. But let a man examine himself. So let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak. Now listen, this is the reason why there's weakness in the church, why there's sickness. And this isn't all of the sickness that happens. We understand that. There are different classifications. But what Paul is saying here is, for this cause, because people have leaven in their lives and they go on celebrating, they go on shouting, they go on dancing, they go on drinking the cup and eating the bread. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep, many die. Verse 31, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Stand with me tonight. It's time for us to cleanse out the leaven. I don't know what maybe is in your life tonight. Maybe it's bitterness, hurt. Maybe it's frustration. Maybe it's sin, just outright sin. Maybe it's a weight that's holding you down. You don't have that freedom to walk in the newness of life. Whatever the leaven is in your life, tonight's the night to toss it out. Clean it out. You know, I've had the opportunity, as I said, my wife has made sourdough bread for quite some time. And when you take the lid off of that jar of leaven, there's a unique pungent smell. It just has a sour smell. I've also seen that there are times when it was time for her to, to start over, take some of the starter a little bit and put it in a new jar. And you take that old jar to the sink and I'm telling you what, you've got to put some elbow grease in it to get it clean because the crud and the crust of that leaven has clung to that jar so tightly that it makes it a challenge to clean it. If that doesn't symbolize sin, I can't think of anything else. Sin smells sour. 
I said sin smells sour. Sin, it's dirty. It's, it cleans. I'm telling you, it, 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 just, it just cleans. It creates such a mess. But I'm going to tell you, the difference between hot soap and water and the blood of Jesus is one drop is enough to completely clean your vessel. What do you say, church? We're beginning a new year. I know it's easy. We're like family. Church is our life. It's centered here. And that's how it should be. We come, the kids come to school here. We interact with each other on a daily basis. We pray in the sanctuary. We have social events and, and leadership classes and, and dinners and fellowship meetings and all of these things. And it's so easy to allow our spirits to, to become embittered. And, and maybe there's someone that did you wrong. Maybe you ill-advisedly went and did business with someone in the church and it didn't work out like you thought it should. Whatever the case is, tonight's the night to cleanse the leaven. Tonight's the night to get rid of all the feelings, all the hurts. Oh, I know, they, did, they may have done you wrong, but I'm just telling you, God wants to help you get through all of it. Maybe tonight, leaven in your life is disappointment. Maybe you thought 2022 was going to be your year and the promises and the victories you had hoped for didn't turn out like you thought they would. You're left here to, tonight. You're beginning a new year, but your faith is low because you don't know if God can do it. You know what that is? Disbelief is leaven. Tonight's the night to cleanse out the unbelief tonight's the night to let go of all of your past feelings and all the hurts and the issues. Tonight's the night to get rid of the sin. If it's digital sin, if it's on your phone, tonight's the night to get it out of your phone. Delete the app. Get rid of the music. Delete the phone number. Stop the text. Tonight's the night to get rid of sin, both secret sin, public sin. Tonight's the night to cleanse out all the old leaven and start over and become what you are. What are you? You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. You're a son. You're a daughter of Jesus. Come on, I want us right now. We're going to take a few moments here tonight. I want them to dim the lights. I don't want you to pray for your neighbor. I want you to pray for yourself. Come on, I want you to close your eyes in the mezzanine, in the balcony, all over the floor here tonight. Come on. Take a few moments right now. Just pray through it. Come on. Pray through it right now. Come on. All the hurt, all the bitterness, all the anger, all the strife, the sin, the weight. Come on, let it out. 
Open up your mouth, church. Come on, open up your mouth. Pray it out, pray it out, pray it out, pray it out. Come on, come on, I want to hear you pray. Come on, lift your voice. Oh, God, I don't want anything between me and you. Lord, I don't want anything in my life that shouldn't be there. Oh, God, I'm taking inventory. Lord, every unkind word, every wrong thought, God, I pray you would help me. Oh, God, I pray tonight every insecurity, every bitter, every root of bitterness, everything, oh, God, take it out of us. Take it out of this church, oh, God. We understand a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, oh, God. Oh, I pray tonight that you would touch us. I pray that you would help us tonight. I pray, oh, God, that you would strengthen us. Help us to have the fortitude to do the hard things. Help us, oh God, to have the strength to say no to sin, say no to the devil, to say no to wrong relationships. And oh God, help us tonight. God, help us to get accountable to you. Oh, in the name of Jesus, every addiction, God, we pray that you would break the addiction. But God, if you choose not to break the the addiction, we're going to do the hard work of staying away and resisting temptation, knowing that you will give us power to overcome it. God, I pray right now for every man in this church. I pray for every man's thought life. Lord, may it be pure. May he think right before you, God. You know the thoughts. You know the intents of the heart. God, I pray for every man in this church that they would have the backbone to be what you want them to be. Lord, I pray for every woman in this house tonight that their thoughts would be pure, that their thoughts would be aligned with the Word of God. I pray for every family in this church. God, every family here tonight, we know the devil is waging war against the family. We pray against the devil. We pray against the spirits of our age that are trying to attack our family. God, we pray against every spirit that would try to attack our young men and young women. We pray against homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism. We pray against it in Jesus' name. We pray against lustful thoughts and deeds. We pray against it in Jesus' name. God, I believe you to touch your people. Touch this church. May we have integrity of heart. May we be righteous before you. May we love you with all our heart. May we, oh God, get rid of every leaven in our lives. I pray, oh God, in Jesus' name. I pray in Jesus' name. I want you to reach over and join with your your neighbor here tonight. You see, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. What you are allowing in your life could be infecting and spreading throughout 
the church community, the sin that you allow to live in your heart has such an insidious way of spreading into others. Come on, I want us to pray for one another right now. I want you to pray for your brother, your sister, that God would give them the strength to do the right thing, to live righteously before God. Come on, come on, I feel like God's doing something in this house. There's some chains gonna be broken in this place. God, this is your church. Help us to get rid of every bit of leaven in this church, oh God. Oh God, don't let us fall in love with sin. Don't let us coddle sin. Don't let us excuse sin. Don't let us overlook sin. Help us to deal with it. Help us, God, to get it out of our lives, out of our hearts, out of our homes, out of our church, we pray. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your voice up. Come on, lift your voice. That sounds beautiful. Come on. Come on, that's it. Uh, I want you to find another another neighbor. Come on, I want you to reach over, join up with someone else, step across the aisle, move. Maybe you need to take a few steps from your pew. Maybe there's someone here tonight that you know you need to apologize to or you need to pray with. I want you to do it right now. Don't be embarrassed. Come on, don't be embarrassed. Take this opportunity. Take this opportunity. Come on, that sounds beautiful. Come on, the Lord loves it. Oh, oh, help us, God. 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 Help us, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 They're going to sing. As they sing, I'd just like for you to take a few moments to reflect on the price that Jesus paid on Calvary. He gave it all 
so that we can be free. He gave his life's blood so that we could be free tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, sing tonight. Let's take a few moments. As you remain standing, let's reflect on the blood, the body of Jesus Christ. unto them saying this is my body which is given for you this do in remembrance of me likewise also the cup after supper saying this cup is the new testament in my blood which is shed for you John chapter 6 verse 54 whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. Tonight, when we partake of the unleavened bread, we are declaring that Jesus' flesh that was broken makes our bodies whole and well. Isaiah 53, verse 5. 
but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. You can pull up on the first tab. You may partake of the bread. And when you bite down on that bread, I want you to remember the, the flesh of Jesus that was broken for our wholeness and our newness of life. Come on, let's pray right now. Let's thank Him for the body that was broken. Oh, we thank You, God, for allowing Your flesh to be broken so that blood can flow forth. Oh, God, we thank You. Thank You, God, for being broken for our healing and our our wholeness, oh God, tonight. When we partake of the cup, we are declaring that we are forgiven and have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. Revelation 1. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You may partake of the cup. And as that fruit of the vine hits your tongue, may you remember the blood of Jesus that was shed for you. (laughs) Come on, let's praise Him. Let's thank Him right now. Come on, let's thank Him for His blood that was shed for us. Come on, in the name of Jesus, we thank You. We thank You.
we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Don't ever forget, consecration is where the power is. There are many people who pray. There are many who speak in tongues. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, the difference maker is that consecrated life. Oh, yes, it is. I pray this year that you will endeavor to live that consecrated life. One thing that I want to share with you, and we're about to go, but before we do, I want to remind you that this is the first day of the year. So you need to start reading your Bible. Well, everybody can say amen. You know, every year for the last number of years, I have encouraged our church to read the Bible daily. And I think it's just a beautiful thing when you read the Bible through in a year. And there are people in this church that have done that for decades, yay, scores of years. And they will testify to the great blessing that comes with reading your Bible. There is something you're going to receive from the Word of God that you will receive from nothing else. And I want to encourage you. The beautiful thing is, it's now more convenient than ever. Because you can use this, instead of gossiping, you can use it to learn the Word of God. It's not hard. In fact, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I can get over here by one of these cameras. And you can see it. Hey, come up here. Come on. Come up here. I want to show them how easy it is. Got it? Can we get it? Yes, sir. Okay, here we go. You get it? There it is. It's that easy. And there it is. You know what's so neat about this app is see down at the bottom, you press that button. Genesis chapter one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You can listen to it and you can read it at the same time and you get double the value because it's coming in this gateway of learning and this gateway of learning. So, start your plan today. That way you won't be behind. You know what's beautiful about the one I'm reading this year, Bible in a Year, is you're going to read about two to three chapters from the Old Testament and a chapter or so from the New Testament every day. And it is a beautiful way 
to live your life. So I want you to take the challenge with me this year. Get, you can use a physical Bible, I don't care. You can, whatever, if you wanna get scrolls out. <laughs> However, but just read your Bible. And I wanna encourage you to read it, think about it, pray through it, and feel free. You know what I love to do? I love to read it in a couple different translations. It just provides more uh, understanding, more, more um, fullness to your understanding. So it's not hard. It only takes a few minutes of your day. Please, 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 church, we want to be grounded and founded on the Word of God. And this is the best way for you every day to do that. What do you say? Let's pray, let's live consecrated, let's read our word, and let's be faithful to church. And I believe God's going to find a bride who's made themselves ready. Anybody want to be ready for his return? Anybody want to be ready for his return? I want to be ready. I love you. I appreciate you. Right now, we're going to do washing of feet this is just as important just as necessary jesus said if you don't do it you won't have any part with him i don't know about you but i want to part with jesus i want to be in the jesus club <laughs> the way that takes place is when we humble ourselves down and wash one another's feet i've had people say well we could use wet wipes and we could use hot towels no we're going to stick our feet in the water and we're going to humble ourselves down It'll be good for our 21st century headiness and high-mindedness to get down on our knees and to love our brother enough, our sister enough to wash one another's feet. So that's what we're going to do. Men, we're going to the Great Hall. Ladies, stay right here in the sanctuary. Once we complete that, service is over and you can be dismissed to go home. And we'll see you Tuesday evening, 7 o'clock. God bless you.